Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. Today we're talking about it's not about the nail. So what is that? It's a moment that's captured in this little one minute video that's got over 21 million views at this point. And the video is called, It's Not About the Nail. And it shows a moment where a woman is talking to a man, presumably her boyfriend or maybe her husband, and she's telling him a problem that she's got. And he tries to fix the problem, but she just wants him to listen. You've been there, right? Have you ever had that happen to you where As a woman, you're telling somebody a problem and they're trying to fix it and you just want them to listen. Or as a man, where someone's telling you a problem, you can see the problem. So if they're telling you the problem, obviously they want you to fix it. So you try to fix it and then they get all frustrated with you. So this moment is is key in relationships. And we're going to talk about the pattern of this moment, what's happening. And over the next several podcasts, we're going to unpack little pieces of principles and skills that we can learn to address that moment. The super funny thing about this video is that when she's telling her husband, oh, this thing is happening and it's bothering me and it's giving me headaches and, and I just, it won't go away. And there's this pressure and, and all of these things that she's talking about this problem partway into the video, she turns and she's got a nail sticking out of her head. So they've created this awesome situation where the problem is so obvious that even then she still wants him to listen. How can that be? That's what we're gonna be talking about over the next several podcasts. The principle that I wanted to uncover today in this situation is that often we will have problems that keep recurring in our lives. They just keep happening over and over again. And we get so frustrated with ourselves because we're like, "Ah, I'm having the same problem over and over again. Why can't I get past this? Why can't I figure this out? Why can't I solve this? I must not be progressing. I must not be learning because I keep having the same problem over and over again. Actually having the same problem over and over again is a good thing. It means that you've identified a pattern in your life. And today's principle is that patterns point to a potential for change. Because you see a pattern, it means it's worth taking some time to dissect what's happening so that we can create new strategies for it, so that we can find ways to avoid having the same conversation or the same situation occur over and over again. Maybe we learn to identify the triggers that are happening and avoid those triggers. Maybe we learn to reprogram our brain so we're not responding so quickly to the same thing automatically that's happening over and over again. And so when we find a pattern, let's say, for example, this pattern right now is that we're talking about is having a conversation with someone where you're trying to share a problem with them and they're trying to fix it and you just want them to listen. That's a repeatable pattern. It happens often and over and over again. So when you notice it happening, you can actually do your new strategies that you've developed. So how do you develop these new strategies? When the instance is not happening, you actually take some time to pull it apart. 
So let's take a minute to dissect this situation. Let's divide this up into the speaker and the listener. So the speaker will often start talking or complaining about their problem. This might happen in the middle of a conversation where it just comes up like, oh, how's your day going? You talk about your day. And then they start complaining about the specific situation that's happening that's frustrating for them. Or they might start with kind of a, a baiting line like, yeah, I'm so frustrated with so-and-so or you know what? I don't think I'm going to hang out with my friends anymore for a while. Or I think I'm cutting off ties with my mother or just some, some dramatic statement to get your attention to kind of bait you to see, Hey, as a listener, are you up for listening to this right now? So as the speaker starts talking and explaining their problem, the listener is listening can see that they're feeling upset and Let's assume that the listener has really good intentions, is close to this person and wants them to feel better. And so if you're feeling upset about a problem, the obvious thing to do is to solve the problem. And so they're listening really hard for what the problem is so they can start solving the problem. If the listener starts giving suggestions for how to solve the problem, what usually happens next is that the speaker gets really upset and frustrated and just sort of retorts back like in this video, it is not about the nail. It's like, can you just take the nail out of your head? This is solving the problem. This is so obvious. And she's like, that's not what this is about. Why would she react that way? Why would a speaker who's trying to share a problem with you be frustrated at a solution to the problem? I think there's a bunch of reasons. I think that often when a speaker is trying to share a problem with somebody, they're trying to sort it out in their own mind. I mean, if they could see what the problem was, they would have just fixed it themselves. There would be no reason to talk about it. The reason that they're talking about it is because there's more going on in their mind that they've been able to share with you. So when you first start off with sharing the problem, you're really only sharing the tip of the iceberg. And there's a whole iceberg underneath there that you need to talk about. But before you get a chance to talk about the whole iceberg, you've shared the tip and then someone's trying to give you solutions and the solutions don't work because they don't even know what the whole problem is. You haven't even gotten to the point of what you're trying to say. And you can't just get right to the point because it's hidden under there and you have to unpack it and unfold it layer by layer. It takes a little while to have a kind of conversation like this. Another way I like to look at it comes from Brene Brown's shame web. In her research, she's found that women often have what she calls a shame web, which is a web of competing demands and expectations sort of hovering over them. And there's no way that they can all be met. They're competing and conflicting. And so she carries these around in her head and is constantly swayed by one or another as one or another voice gets triggered in her mind. And that's just the way it is from her research. She just found that this is how women operate and how for, for most women, they have this set of hovering expectations in their minds. Men handle shame differently, but for women, it's this set of expectations. And so it may be that she's trying to sort out what expectations she has and why this is bothering her and why she's trying to push back against it. And she's just sorting out something that is like a complicated web. A third way that I find really useful in looking at this and unpacking it is that we all have stories that we're telling ourselves that affect how we react to things. So I might be having a really big reaction to a situation and be super frustrated with it and be confused by my own big reaction to be like, this doesn't seem like this is a big deal. This shouldn't be that big a deal, but I'm having this huge reaction. 
Why is that? And talking about it helps me to sort it out. Talking about it helps me to uncover the story that I'm telling myself in my head so that when I realize, oh, I'm just telling myself the story, that's not really true. I can shrink the situation back down to its normal size. And I have now, because of the conversation, unpacked this little story that I'm telling myself. So really the purpose of the conversation is not to solve the problem. The purpose of the conversation is to sort out my thinking so that I can see why I'm having this emotional reaction that doesn't make sense to me or you or to anybody. From the listener's perspective, all they can see is that you're struggling with a problem and so they want to solve the problem, but solving the problem that's visible to them isn't going to A, help this conversation end in a good way, and B, it isn't actually going to solve the problem. I think one of the fears here from the speaker's point of view is that, okay, let, that's great. Let's say we solve this problem. That's not useful to me. It, that's only this instance. And I'm noticing the pattern. I want to figure out why this is happening, why it keeps happening. And I want to be able to figure out how to solve it myself. I don't want somebody else solving my problems. I want to be competent myself. I don't need to be rescued. I need to be heard. In the course that I'm teaching on this subject, it's not about the nail. We end up teaching two different sets of skills. One set of skills is for the speaker. What do you do when you're upset? How can you be more effective in communicating what's happening? How can you ask for support, ask for listening and cue someone as a listener into the idea that you don't want them to fix it, that you want them to listen. So that's one set of skills is how to handle your own upset. The other set of skills is what to do when you're the listener. When you're the listener, you can assume that when someone else is upset, there's something going on behind the scenes that you're not aware of. And before you can address the obvious problem, like in the video, the obvious problem is she's got a nail in her head. Let's just talk about that. Before you can address the obvious problem, you have to get rid of the emotion because otherwise the person with the problem is not going to hear you. People can't hear you when they're emotional. People can't see solutions that you're giving them when they're emotional. So your first job as a listener is to dissipate the emotion by listening. And there are specific skills to do this that are taught in this course. Like how do I actually listen so that people aren't emotional anymore? And then once they're not emotional anymore, it just takes a few minutes. Then you can, as any peers would do, get permission to talk about the problem to say, Hey, can we talk about this for a minute? Do you want some solutions? Are you interested in my ideas? I've got some advice if you're interested and they can say yes or no. And you've got to be able to walk away if they say no, like, no, I'm not interested in your advice right now. Okay. Awesome. Well, I was here for you for a minute. I'll go on my merry way. I'm sure you've got this. I've got to admit that when you do see a pattern in your life that keeps happening, a problem that keeps recurring or a conversation with a loved one that keeps recurring. When you notice this pattern, it is pointing to a potential for change, but it's also a lot of hard work. It is a lot of hard work to gain the listening skills, to gain the self-assertiveness skills, to be able to share your problems in a more effective way, but they're learnable skills. You can learn them in I don't know, 20 hours or something, you can practice them. You can take a class on them. And once you unpack this and understand what's happening and actually learn the skills, then it changes in the long run, 
this pattern of conversations. It makes it better. And so it's worth the effort to learn those skills, which is why I created this whole course for it. I'm guessing at this point, you might be asking yourself, well, wait, what are the listening skills? Well, wait, how am I supposed to get someone to listen to me without solving the problem? You said there was a skill for that. What are these skills? In the coming podcasts, in the coming weeks, we will talk about those skills. But for today, the principle is that patterns point to the potential for change. So noticing a pattern and a recurring problem in your life isn't a bad thing. It's a great thing. It means you've noticed something. You can give it a name. For me, I give this moment of trying to tell someone a problem and then the listener trying to solve it and me just wanting them to listen. I give that moment that it's not about the nail. Oh, this is another one of those. This is just, it's not about the nail because of that great video. But you can give your recurring other problems, other names. You can be like, oh, we're having a disagreement moment. Oh, we're having a food challenge moment. Whatever the the specific thing that's happening, give it a little name so that you can begin to see the pattern of it. And then you can begin to unpack it. Another thing that's really helpful as you're unpacking these things is to actually write down the situation right after it happens so that you can read through the conversation, the back and forthness of it. When it's fresh in your memory, you can write it down. And then later when you're unpacking it, when nobody's in the middle of it, when nobody's emotional and you're actually trying to figure out this pattern, you can read through it and go, Oh, this is what's happening. Underneath these patterns that keep recurring as you know, it feels like a broken tape conversation in our lives or just a problem that keeps recurring underneath this is automaticity in our brain. Our brain automatically reacts to and repeats things to save energy. We do thousands of things automatically. We can do things so automatically that we can drive to work and not even remember how we got there because our brain handles that really complex task automatically. And so there's so many things going on automatically that when we notice a pattern, what we're noticing is our brain's automaticity in handling a specific situation. And so when we actually unpack it, the potential for change is to just slow that part down, to unpack it a little bit, and then to build new automatic reactions so that instead of the old conversations that you kept having, your brain will go, oh, this is that new thing. This is the thing where I need to listen. This is the thing where I need to pause for a moment and take a breath. This is that moment where I need to actually ask for what I want and think about what I want and find words for it and then say it out loud. This is what I want. So today's principle is that noticing patterns points to a potential for change. Having a pattern of the same old problems isn't a bad thing. It's a great thing. You've noticed it. Now you can do something about it. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.